So how many of you have felt constipated? Not in the sense of I'm going to the toilet and nothing's coming out kind of sense, but you, you just can't get done what you want to get done. Well, it turns out fiber is one of the best ways to get past that. And thankfully, one of our co-hosts managed to get fiber where he is at, out in the middle of nowhere. Yep. So, so, so what is this ISP called? And to tell us how you got, got this thing hooked up and everything else. Well, uh, while I do that, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here. So we'll just do a live speed test and see how this thing goes. Can you see that, Will? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, let's get that started. So this um, ISP is actually called Calibite. It's offered by my uh, electric co-op, um, and it's basically through uh, Como Connect from it kind of routes out through there, and I think that actual service is routed through AT&T, but I could be wrong. Not 100% certain on that. But um, when my wife and I went and bought this house that I'm living at now, uh, we thought that we were going to be stuck with something like satellite or just something potentially more terrible. So when we were setting up our... Uh, it was it was a pleasant surprise to find out that we had fiber at, at our house. So um, all it took was being patient for, and then they, uh, they ran a cable basically from the meter to the, the building, and they supplied a router. Oh wow! But it, as you can see, I just did a live speed test right there, and I'm getting three millisecond pings. So very, very, very low latency, and then I'm almost getting a fully saturated fiber, which is what I'm paying for. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. You you sent me a speed test at one point, and it was extremely fast. Um, I was pretty impressed, and that's and you were able to do this live test as as we were as you were talking. I was listening. Yep. So, so, so it took you a couple of weeks for them to come out and hook everything up. Yeah, that was the only downside was having to be patient for about two and a half weeks for them to get, come out, and do various things, dig a dig a spot for uh, burying the cable to the house, and then actually installing the stuff in the house and all that stuff. Other than that, it's been a great experience so far. So what all have you done with this? Have you done a ton of Netflix while gaming and everything in between? or? Oh, I don't know if I've really been able to truly stress it out, but I do know that I have been doing a bunch of stuff at once. I'd be watching a video and doing some coding. I was doing some coding just the, uh, last night and... Um, streaming some music and stuff like that. So, I mean, I wasn't doing wasn't doing enough to really take advantage of it, but I haven't seen anything really slow it down except for uh, at certain times of the day when there might be stressing the entire network out. 
So so there are still some peak usage times where it kind of gets iffy, but other than that, it's really good. But then it's it's still, it only, I mean, relatively speaking, it's slow, but if I was like, it slowed down to basically what my peak speeds would have been on like Charter or something. So it's not slowing down enough that it really affects us, but I can notice it and it slows it down just a little. Wow. Because well, like out here, the fastest is Spectrum. And and that's not saying a whole lot. And then there, there of course, is radio-based Axion, which the only way they can increase their capacity is if more people sign up for their service and they expand outwards. But, but that but that kind of makes it nice to where you're out in the middle of nowhere and you can still do remote in for work related stuff. Absolutely. And it's nice and quiet and creates a great working environment. Um, um, unfortunately in my area, there's, there's no fiber and, and, you know, the U.S. is still not even in the top 10 for highest, fastest internet connectivity available. I mean, it's it's been expanding. You know, I've been seeing stories about, you know, there's AT&T fiber out in Kansas City alongside Google Fiber. Um, Verizon's even trying to up their game on fiber. Just don't call it Fios. <laughs> right? Um and even mobile provider Ting has some fiber available in some select cities. They're kind of scattered all throughout. There's about like five or so. And I went ahead and signed the little form saying, how about you bring some fiber to Warrensburg? It was worth, it was worth my t- time and effort to just fill the form out and, su- and hit submit. So, and And of course, there's... Project Fi, Google's still kind of expanding their fiber, just not as fast as they were before, because they're emphasizing Project Fi, which is Sprint, T-Mobile, and one other smaller provider. I think T-Mobile has control over that one. And the idea behind that is you switch between different networks based on the strongest signal type. It's only in select phones that it's available. So what do you think is kind of holding back expansion of the internet in terms of speed, connectivity, reliability? Um, A really big factor for the United States is primarily the distance between a lot of Hubs and central areas where the ISPs route all the traffic through. And that that's that's a big reason why um, if you go over to Europe or someplace like that, someplace uh, across the pond, if you will, all their internet speeds are ridiculously faster. Another big factor for expansion specifically would be basically that. There's a hard-pressed economic 
reason for not expanding as quickly because fiber's costly. Fiber's costly to set up. And uh, why it was expanding there for a big part in rural areas was from uh, a grant that the Obama administration had put in giving rural uh, communities access to the broadband service, whether it's uh, satellite or fiber or something like that. That that was a big incentive for companies to do that. That's why it expanded so quickly. Short and another thing I've kind of noticed, you know, that is that is an expensive endeavor, and and if somebody tries to kind of crowdfunded of sorts or anything like that to kind of get people collectively together to try to do something. Um, politics, I notice, kind of interferes with that, local and national. Um, you have other big companies who don't want the competition. They just want to soak up the profits. You know, there, there are people... I've noticed on extreme sides of both those who are all for net neutrality and all those who are not, you know, on the one hand, the ISPs aren't playing, playing nice. They're bilking people for all they're worth. On the other hand, expanding networks out costs money. And though a company may appear to be profitable as is the expense of expanding may over take any profits that they would be getting plus there's regulations and things like that that can slow it down and that's why providers like say ting or straight talk or other mvnos are able to profit on very little margin because cost margin because they're taking advantage of infrastructure that was already built so as soon as enough infrastructures in place other companies could theoretically take advantage of that and i think there's kind of some fear of that happening too where they don't want others to take advantage of their hard work either and we're we're in a mess so we're trying other things like radio or project phi and part of but Fiverr expansion is still going on. Um, that article about Verizon, I think 5G is the reason why they're trying to expand their fiber because they need more redundant, reliable networks in order to maintain their mobile networks as best as they can too. So it's like progress in spite of all the obstacles, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Because when, like, when fiber came to Kansas City, all the other ISPs surrounding them start, suddenly started offering higher speeds because they had an incentive from competition. Um, Como Connect is ultimately the one behind the group that provides you service through through the co-op. It's is it like a partnership or? I guess so. I'm not 100% certain on that. I would assume since that's Como Connect's pretty big, they supply, uh, if I remember right, they supply areas around 
Columbia, such as uh, Boonville and not Kirksville. Boon, uh, yeah, Ashland I... and some other areas around there are all supplied by Como Connect. Yeah, I noticed. I noticed it kind of came up in list of ISPs for Boonville. So that that's interesting. And it would make sense because Boonville's a tourist town anyway. And having a public place with reliable internet probably can keep guests there for a little bit longer and people stay there and enjoy the historical sites and what have you. Um, do you think fiber will keep expanding out in spite of being slowed down? Do you think it's just kind of kind of creep along or, or is something going to happen to catalyze a giant explosion? I, I imagine it's going to expand. It's, it's inevitable at some point that it's going to expand unless a different technology comes up out of the middle of nowhere. But I doubt 5G is going to be as big enough deal to boot out hardline fiber. Uh, so, imagine it's probably going to boom at some yeah. point once once the economy can loosen up enough to give it some leeway to actually expand. Yeah, because I because what what I see happening is and there's talk of infrastructure overhaul, blah 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 blah. You know, crossing fingers on that actually being followed through upon and one of those things coming up and regarding that because honestly high speed internet and I mean more than 10, 10 megabits per second even 20 is kind of what keeps me from just living out out off the side in the country that and I don't like country living anyway I, I like the idea of being able to walk to somewhere down the street and or go somewhere nearby if I need something. So, you know, that's, but if I had convenience like this, then being out in the country or somewhere smaller would hold more appeal if I had access to that kind of convenience. But the fact is I don't, and that's kind of what holds me back from saying, screw it buy some house out in the country, set one room up as a studio, and go from there. But the problem is that infrastructure's blah, I, in English this time, that infrastructure's old. Um, like, like here in Warrensburg, I was with CenturyLink, and they said, oh, you well, your area you qualify for up to 25 megabits per second they have to do copper they have to do copper bonding blah 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 blah. the technician that came to make sure that switches were flipped correctly here basically explained to me that the upgrade will not work the infrastructure here is too old for it i'm like oh wow so 10 was as good as it was going to get anyway which was disappointing, but but that prompted me to eventually move to a provider that had actually 
had capacity for it. So we'll see what happens in the next 10 to 20 years on that. So what was when, when everything was hooked up, everything was set up, what was the very first thing you did? Speed test. Speed test. That was the first thing I did. <laughs> I, had to, I had to see how fast it was. Uh, my wife did it. Actually, my wife was the one that did a speed test first because I was at work. So she had ran it, and she was running it over a wireless connection and still managed to get roughly 200 megabits up and down. Wow. And and the router that they gave you, like, was it one of those cheap little routers or was it one of those more sophisticated routers? A little more sophisticated. It supports, um, it's dual band, so it supports both a 2.4 gigahertz band and a 5 gigahertz band. So as long as you're close enough to the router, the 5 gigahertz band is going to supply more speed. Wow. Yeah. Like, like, does this come with like a ton of Ethernet ports and everything else, or it does have a built-in switch? Yeah, yeah. Because my my little my little one down here even has has a few Ethernet sockets. Even has a um, even has a USB port to where you can hook up a you know an external storage or a, even a printer if you wanted to to share throughout and you're you're getting like 500 up and down pretty much over a wired connection that's pretty incredible <laughs> so so now that you're out there and you're signed up does that mean that there's likelihood like of a neighbor far off being able to get access to that service or do they have to be a part of the electric co-op to do that well, they don't necessarily have to be a member of the electric co-op i don't think i don't think that was a requirement it's just provided by them um but there's i do have some neighbors that do have that service i've got some signs wow. posted out in there you're better off getting that service for the cost rather than going through something like seed or whatever other satellite providers. Yeah, because the only, only problem with satellite, big problem with satellite is latency, and after you download so much, you're slowed down for the rest of the month. Pretty much, yeah. So you can't really stream. You really can't do a whole lot with it. And that's pretty much about it. One day I want to live in an area where there is fiber of some sort, um, but we'll see what happens. So, do you have any any special projects with with your fiber connection in mind, or not necessarily with my fiber connection? But now that I've got internet back, I was doing some studying specifically, uh, doing some more research on AWS and refreshing my memory. Um, messing with uh, Kotlin. DigitalOcean? Uh, no, but I was messing with uh, technology called Packer that can interact with Chef, Ansible, or various other provisioners, provisioning tools to set up a 
a, a basic virtual machine that, can use, that you can use as a template to take it anywhere and install it on anything. It also works with AWS, but um, it, it works with AWS. Um, it can use Ansible or Chef to do some provisioning, just a basic shell provisioner and execute commands on the command line. And you can even run this stuff against uh, DigitalOcean. Yeah, because I, because I, you know, I noticed. Um, that's one of the things I want to do more of is mess with DigitalOcean and VPS and see what it can and can't do. Um, because, um, to be honest, at some point, if this podcast is built back up to where it was and goes beyond that, it will test my current hosting provider in an insane amount that it's not designed for. And DigitalOcean has much more generous bandwidth than, say, you know, my main hosting one in one which I do plan on keeping one in one because it lets me set up multiple email addresses for email services, which is easier to use them to then set up your own email server and manage it. <laughs> because from what little I understand, email servers are a pain in the ass to manage, especially if it gets on some blacklist somewhere it's better to let some other specialist take care of that. <laughs> but eventually DigitalOcean, depending on how much you learn and how much I'm able to manage it, may become a future uh, method of content delivery um, so that the podcast that you and I do and that other shows that may come along for the ride may have a home to where you know they can immediately you know have good good connectivity because the bare minimum is a terabyte of transfer and that's good for those who want to start out doing something like that so that's where i'm thinking about heading and and all can get even better if suddenly fiber becomes available in the area that I'm in. So I think that kind of wraps it up for today's episode. What do you think? Yeah, I, I can't think of anything else to add to the conversation. You I'd might want to move. I'd say that wraps it up. Then. You might try moving the microphone closer to your mouth. Were you having trouble hearing me? It was fading in and out. I was still able to hear you, but. But that's why I use programs like the Levelator because it'll it'll equal out the volumes of all microphones to where it's a little bit more clear. So I'm just thankful it runs under Wine. <laughs> and getting the source code for that released, uh, that's a future project. <laughs> had a conversation, had a brief email conversation a couple of years ago. Haven't heard back since may start bugging them again and saying, hey, this is a simple piece of technology that helps out podcasters. Please release the source code for this. But anyway, 
entertain yourself, educate yourself, empower yourself. Uh, we'll see you next time. See you guys.